We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, keep their head up. You know, this is a tough league, and it's a tough business that way, and you learn from things like this. Um, I'm, I'm proud of them, even though this, this hurts. Proud of them in the way they handled themselves with class this year, and, and the uh, and, and the ups and downs and the adversity that that they faced. Um, and I think they'll they'll take that with them. Um, but for right now, you know, this stings. I just realized our sponsor sheet's going to get a hell of a lot shorter after today. Uh, it is Bills Football Monday, and we're going to get right to your calls here in just a second. We owe you Skyworks stats of the game. Brought to you by Skyworks Equipment Rental, building America from the ground up. Visit SkyworksLLC.com. Blech. Uh, the Bills' run game, I mean, nothing worked yesterday, but just of interesting notes. The Bills' longest run play yesterday was eight yards from James Cook. Stefan Diggs had ten targets. Um, James Cook finished the season the second best yards per carry in the league. 5.3 yards per carry. He was number two in the NFL. So he didn't catch the ball a lot, but no. he was great as a runner. Well, he'll be the lead back next season. Stefan Diggs, ten targets yesterday, four catches, 35 yards. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bill's defense, not so much. The um, Bengals set a franchise record for most first downs in a playoff game. They had 30. They scored on five of their first seven drives. There were no takeaways, one sack, and only three quarterback hits. And the Bengals averaged 5.1 yards rushing yards per carry yesterday. Those are some of the stats of the game. Don't blame me. Uh, and don't blame Skyworks either. Skyworks Equipment Rental bringing you the stats of the game. Building America from the ground up. Visit SkyworksLLC.com. You can call us too at 8030550. As Joe mentioned, it is locker cleanout day, so Sal will be at the stadium for that. Sean McDermott will do his uh, Monday Zoom call with the media. I assume we're going to hear from Brandon Bean at some point this week. And uh, Joe will be in for the extra points here today from 10 to noon and continue taking your calls going up to One Bills Live. So let's get back to it. Let's get to. Uh, We'll get connected with our fans, by the way. And uh, thank you for holding on, folks. We appreciate your patience this morning. Steve in Virginia on WGR. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, thanks for calling. No problem. Hey, I just wanted to mention real quick before I start uh, talking about the topic. Um, you know, Ticketmaster sells playoff tickets for every round of the playoff, for every playoff team. So, you know, I guess uh, Mixon and the Bengals need to blame Ticketmaster and the NFL instead of the Buffalo Bills on that point. Yeah, that thing was just screwy all last week. I don't know why. They had, they just created themselves some kind of motivational factor to make it feel like they were getting disrespected. Yeah, no, I agree. I just want to talk about like how the offense was built and then the amount of uh, uh, high-round draft capital that's been used on the defense over the year. Um, this year, I thought the Bills were poorly constructed on offense. Um, yeah, I mean, they had Diggs as their number one wide receiver. 
and they were, uh, what do you call it, um, banking on, what do you call it, uh, Davis to be number two, uh, McKenzie, I guess, slot guy, and then the rest, like, you know, Shakir, Crowder, slot, and then, you know, the running back is like gadget guys, you know, it, which made absolutely no sense. I mean, Davis underwhelmed as a number two. Um, McKenzie uh, definitely um, disappointed as a slot receiver, which is why Brown and, you know, Beasley were brought back. But since, um, what do you call it? Um, you know, Bean and McDermott been here for six years. They've had seven first-round picks. Five of them have been on the defense, and only two for the offense. You know, Allen, and then they used one to get Dick. So it just blows my mind with how heavy they've been on high-round draft picks for the defense, and they, they looked awful against an elite team yesterday. Now I know, hey, Von Miller was out, Daquan Jones, Micah Hyde, but you got two first-round picks in Rousseau and Oliver, and then two second-round picks in Epineza and Basham, and they could barely do anything against, you know, a bunch of backup offensive linemen to create any pressure. And I'm like, none of those picks, I mean, I mean would have been nice, like, hey, give Allen some help. I'm like, you can't expect, you know, Diggs to do it all. I'm like, you know, give him some wide receivers, some, you know, some options. I mean, I, I'm just hoping, you know, the, you know, the Bills finally, you know, start investing heavily – on the offense, because I think we're wasting Allen's best years away. I just wanted to get your thoughts on all that. I'm just looking at the drafts, and Jeremy was just talking about wide receiver in the break. Did you know in six drafts since since Sean McDermott got here, Brandon Bean wasn't here for the first draft, right? So six drafts under Sean McDermott. They have drafted a wide receiver earlier than round four, one time. Zay Jones in round two in 2017 is the only time in six drafts some a wide receiver has been taken by the Bills before the fourth round. Gabe Davis, fourth round. Khalil Shakir, fifth round. Marquez Stevenson, sixth round. Ray Ray McLeod and Austin Prohl, seventh round. That's it. Zay Jones is the highest drafted receiver, the only guy they've taken before the fourth round of the draft. That will change this offseason. Yes, and perhaps... You know the Isaiah Hodgins thing. You want to say oh, he would round two? I forgot about he, he would have helped too much. This the disappointing thing about Hodgins is for an organization that is going to preach, come in, learn, work hard, do your thing, get your chance. And you earn. You earn he your did time it all, right, right. and then left. You invested time, energy, a draft pick, and then he left, yeah. and then he succeeded tremendously in his new home, at a position that you desperately needed while you just carried. I don't know another special teams linebacker meanwhile i'm here's how you know it's a bad day i went to pro football focus's mock draft machine i know what you're thinking it's a little early Already? yeah a little early <laughs> i gotta tell you okay a little ahead of the pace here for I, me i was gonna do the thing where i just draft all receivers and screenshot it be like what do you guys think of my draft as i drafted like seven, seven receivers. receivers so i'm gonna do that i click mock draft and here goes a buzzes through. Oh, Bills are on the clock, 27th. I look over at the receivers that are available, and none of the names that I'm thinking about are there. And in the mock draft that Pro Football Focus just did, Dallas took Jordan Addison one pick ahead of the Bills, and I'm over here just like, I can't even, already getting angry. I can't even mock a receiver <laughs> the day after they lose without Minnesota and Dallas scooping two up right before the Bills pick. I... Uh... I, I I'm not gonna lie. I did. It did occur to me the Senior Bowl is I think next week. So I did slightly I think about the draft. It, I think it's is it this it, week? Next week? Well, yeah, the game might be next week because yeah. Joe Marino is heading down there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I he'll gotcha. be at the Senior Bowl. So we'll I talking to him. Did think about it? Okay, Joe, you're the odd setter. Jeremy, you're good at this too. But Joe, you're the big time odd setter on this show, right? 
So wide receiver. First off, what odds would you set the Bills take a wide receiver with their first pick in the draft this year? Well, the board has to fall. So give me yep. first two picks. Okay, that's actually what I was really going for. That's never going to happen. I'd love to hear you set odds for the first two picks, both being wide receivers. No, no, no. Keeping... I mean in the first no, two I picks. No, I want two picks with the wide receiver on the first. Oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not. Well, I mean, they did take Plus... two defensive ends in the first two <sighs> that's, rounds that's once in the draft. Why true. can't you take two wide receivers? Plus 900 that they take two back-to-back receivers All right, one, one, one of the two. first two rounds, they take a wide receiver. One of the first two? I mean, One of the first it, two right? has got to be, gotta be a lot. even money. It's got to be even money. Yeah. Have even to. money. I mean, I, I don't know about complete well, overhaul of the receiving well, core, but we're pretty darn when close you're, to you've got to find when, at least two new weapons. When you're picking 27th, you play the draft as best you can. The draft plays you. Yeah. Look at this year, the James Cook pick. There's no. I don't think it's really that hard to look at the second round and say, they traded down twice, which means there were players that they liked, and they got taken. So they dropped down twice. And then probably wanted to drop down again, but didn't have a buyer and thought mm-hmm. like, okay, pass catching running back. Like I don't, I don't come out of that second round feeling like that was the plan going in, but it was a backup plan. Well, also, again, and that guy should be the lead back next season. So in year number two, he's going to he should be I mean, your number one. This, running is, back. this goes to it though. Where did this team go wrong? You want to point to all of the capital they spent on defensive ends, running three backs. draft picks on running backs in the second and third round. Yeah, and probably two swap, of them aren't here. Just next swap season. all those out for receivers and mm-hmm. corners or guards Office or tackles linemen, yeah. or anybody but running backs yeah. and just get anybody to run the ball. Yeah, the highest offensive lineman they drafted didn't work out, right? It'd have been Cody Ford. Dawkins was Ford, pre. Ford and Dawkins were second round. Oh, Dawkins was, was McDermott's first. Three okay. running backs in the second and third round. Yeah. Three. And we used to make fun of Spiller, McGahee, and Travis Henry and all the running backs back then that were coming through. Sorry, it took till like 9.15 to think about this, but three <laughs> running backs yeah. in the second and third round. Yeah, when you could have taken, say, someone to catch a football. And One of them Is this team any different this year if Duke Johnson is their starting running back? Absolutely not. No different. 803-0550 to join us. We are getting connected with our fans. We're taking your calls. It is Bill's Football Monday. A bleak one at that. Uh, Tony in West Seneca, you're on WTR. Go right ahead. Hey, how are you, Jeremy? How are you? All right, sir. Hanging in there. I've been a long-time listener. This is a first-time phone call. I am so frustrated with the fact that McDermott defers when we win the coin toss. I don't understand it with deteriorating weather conditions yesterday. Give them the ball first. They march right down the field, just like they did on the Monday night game. And then they go 14 nothing, put us in a big hole, took the fans right out of the game. What are your thoughts on that? Thank you. I'll hang up. I, have, I mean, it means absolutely nothing to me. He wants the ball in the second half. He likes having the ball in the second half, and maybe they get it at the end of the first half and get points, and then you've got to start your third quarter. A lot of coaches do that. He's not the only guy in the league. I don't think that's why they lost. I don't think it's a fatal flaw in McDermott. It doesn't bother me at all if he keeps on deferring. You know, he doesn't – defer thinking Joe Burrow's going to make my defense look like mincemeat on the first drive of the game. So I don't I don't have a problem with him deferring. Well, one wonders, you know, when they've lost to the Chiefs, it's been about, well, how do we beat the Chiefs? And sometimes people will make the point that they were too busy trying to beat the Chiefs that they forgot about the rest of the teams. And I just don't really buy much of that because, you know, are you trying to say the building to beat the Chiefs can't beat the Bengals? Sure it can. I don't see why the two would be 
you know, Actually, you're, either way, you're trying to beat a team that's got a great quarterback yeah. and a deep set of weapons and explosive offense, and you got to probably outscore them. Yeah. It's the same kind of concept. So how will this offseason be? Will there anything about beating the Bengals? One thing, Marshall Newhouse, former mm. Bills offensive lineman, been around the league a bunch of times. He's a great, great follow on Twitter, constantly commenting on you know all these games. I'm not even really sure if he works for anybody. I'll find that out. But what he said about this game was, and this goes back to the, the game on Monday night as well, where the Bengals did win the toss and take the ball. They uh, said and they, they actually changed their philosophy, I guess, over the course of the season. It got to the point where Zach Taylor decided – when we win the toss from now on, I want to put our offense on the field first. Yeah. And one of the reasons they do that against the Bills, I'm pretty sure it was Marshall Newhouse. I'm just trying to find it. It was basically he said that the Bengals and the Bills, it's a bad matchup because the Bengals do not fear anything the Bills do on either side of the ball. Yeah, you could tell that yesterday. Yep. And, yeah, bad matchup. Since he has no fear of anything they can do on offense or defense. And part of the reason you wouldn't fear the Bills' defense is, A, no Von Miller, B, no Micah Hyde, yep. C, injured Jordan Poyer, D, not the same Tredavious White, mm -hmm. E, Tremaine Edmonds is maybe running all over the place and lost a lot of times out there. What was I on? F? No Daquan Jones. Uh, G. You know, you've, you've got, you, you've got a ro rotating cornerback, sure. too. I mean, I don't know. Rotating just... cornerback. H, seven-yard cushions on third and four. Yeah, right. And they don't, they don't seem to throw a lot of different looks at you, right? It's not like watching Miami and for sure watching Cincinnati yesterday. Uh, again, go back to what the Bills offensive linemen were saying after the game. It was really hard to figure out where guys were coming from. They were sending guys from different sides of the field. They were maybe doing some, some stunts or to, some twists with the defensive linemen. DB's coming from the left. The DB's coming from the right. A delayed blitz from a cornerback. It was really... You know, it was hard to get a handle on what was being thrown at you. And I thought the Dolphins did the same thing the week before, right? The Bills don't really do that. Either they they didn't do that or weren't able to do that due to the combination of no Von Miller, no Micah Hyde, poor on one leg, and all the things you just laid out in A through F. It's not it, – it was not a difficult defense to play against, I think, if you're a Bills opponent, if you're Joe Burrow, for example. It was fairly easy to carve the defense up yesterday. 8030550 to join us. Let us get to Rich in Buffalo. You're on WGR. Go right ahead. Howard, I've been listening to you for 23 years on radio since Empire. And to me, today is your finest show. You are right on with It only took 23 years. All right, that's good. You're damn right. <laughs> um, and, and, and to me, you are right on with every single point you are making today, and you refuse to back down to any of the apologists or excuse makers. Your passion is incredible. One thing, my friend, I, I refuse to accept Stefan Diggs' behavior showing up our franchise quarterback. It started with the third play of the game. I mean, this is turning into a regular thing, yet, yet, it's, it's what, what did he do on the third play? The overthrow. I didn't see how. Did he react in a certain way? I didn't see it. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right. Well, maybe you know, maybe because he was open and the quarterback missed him. Yeah. Well, okay, that can happen, Howard. But you know, I mean, is it necessary to show up your, your quarterback waving his arms, waving his arms, waving his arms on national TV? You know, it's a regular thing, Howard. Yeah, I got and, bigger fish to fry. That, that that means nothing to me. Okay. Uh, all right. Well. How about you get better weapons so the top he's, receiver isn't frustrated? He's a captain on the team, and they will 
clash from time to time. Like, or figure out how to get him the ball so he only doesn't have four catches for 35 yards. Okay, he gets a pass for being passionate as though Josh is not. I'm sorry, Howard. Some you guys are, react in different bro, ways. Put, hey, Rich, Rich if Josh Howard. had J- Rich, if Josh had done that on the sideline, what would you have said? He never does it. If uh, he had done it, what would you have said? You'd say he's firing up You'd his teammates. You'd say he's fired up. He's a leader. He's trying to get him going. No, I would yes, say you it, would. It, it's classless. Hmm. You would right. t- Howard, you are a Buffalo radio legend. That's uh, all I got. Okay. Thanks, Rich. Thank you. You totally would back Allen. If he, what if he does that to the offensive line? I think that's – I have no problem with what happened yesterday. The man's frustrated. Yeah. We're it's a, frustrated. It's a passionate game. We're yelling at TV sets. Stefan Diggs can't yell at his TV set. He can go on the sideline and go, what are we doing out here, boys? What are we doing? And, and, and okay, it doesn't mean there's dissension in the ranks. It doesn't mean that the – you know, oh, my God – Diggs is going to demand a trade. Oh, the Bills have to get rid of Stefan Diggs. Oh, my God, Diggs and Allen don't, don't have even... chemistry. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. It just means he's he's angry, and he's their best player. You know, this is the discussion about why wide receivers for years had the prima donna tag because anytime they don't get the ball, they complain. You know why? Because he's the best player on the team. Get him the ball. Let's go. We want to win. Want to get? This is the third straight season that he's been on a team that he felt and I bet a lot of his teammates felt, we felt, right, could be good enough to actually win a Super Bowl. What do they have to show for it? Not a single Super Bowl berth yet. Couldn't even get back to the AFC Championship game where they were two years ago. So he's angry, he's upset, whatever. I, you got to pick your spots, and that's not one of my spots. I'd be far more concerned about the root of the frustration, not the reaction of the player. What's causing that reaction? And that's got to be some combination of what we're discussing today. That the offense isn't good enough. The offense is getting is not creative enough. The coaches are letting players down. The GM put together a roster that wasn't good enough in terms of passing game options at wide receiver. Guys were playing, asked to play roles higher than they're, they're good enough to play. And then when you did bring in some pieces, two running backs, one drafted, one traded for, you didn't throw him the ball. So I think it would add up to a very upset, unhappy, frustrated player. And I've got other things to worry about than Stefan Diggs being caught on CBS's cameras standing in front of Josh with his arms extended. I mean, I don't know. I guess if he, if he duked it out and had a fight with him on the sideline, that'd be a bad look. But he got, up, he got frustrated. That's what happens. It happens a lot during games. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're sitting here saying, I wish we had lost with more class, like, I just think you're on the wrong, you know. I wish the Bengals had won with more class. 803 yeah, 05 It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you won or that you lost. We'll get a break. If you're on, on, like, the greatest stage. You know, high school and your kids, you know, I don't necessarily mean that on, like, the all the way down the level. Oh, this is, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is pro Professional sports. football, right. And that's why, you know, McDermott's message post-game, immediate post-game was like, well, well, you know, these guys in there, it's important to me they learn from this. I saw someone say, like, this ain't JV, man. Hmm. Like, that kind of... That kind of stuff, that's the kind of culture he has, and I get that. But what would they learn from this that they didn't learn from the last two playoff losses? Seriously, what would you learn from this? Does McDermott think his team didn't pay attention in practice this week? Why would you say, hopefully, we learn from this? What do you need to learn? You got thumped. Why did you get? I mean, I, I don't know what you learned from it. 
Will the organization learn the team's not good enough? Wouldn't That would be something to learn from this. But I have no idea what you learn. What do the Bills glean from yesterday's loss? I mean, one thing you could learn is look at the team on the other side, realize, oh, look how easy everything is when right. the receiver's that good. Right, so that's incumbent upon the head coach and the GM to figure out why the other team is passing the ball so darn easy and there are guys open all day long. Why can't you be like them? But I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the players learned from this game unless you felt they didn't pay attention in practice and didn't prepare properly for the game. I don't think, I mean, I'm going to, I don't know. I don't know if that happened or not. I'm not at practice. But I don't, whatever. Learning from losses, there's been plenty, there's enough playoff losses. I don't need to learn any more from playoff losses. 8030552 to join us. It is Bill's Football Monday. It is brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Yeah, well, they, they definitely had a plan, bringing a lot of nickel pressure, a lot of, a lot of, st- a lot of star and safety pressure. Deanne's trying to keep contained, you know, bull rush, outside rush, not a lot of inside moves. They've tried to collapse the pocket on them, bring a lot of pressure, which they did. It's just a matter of how we uh, just being on the same page and uh, just picking up the pressure. That is Bill's offensive lineman, Ryan Bates. Some of his comments in the locker room. It is locker clean-out day today in Orchard Park. Sal will cover that for us. Joe will be in to do, uh, to do the uh, X Point show from 10 to noon. So if we don't get to you on our show, still got a couple segments left. Joe was going to be uh, taking calls wall-to-wall from 10 to noon, so stay tuned for that. Let's get connected with our fans, and we will go to Raymond in Buffalo next. Raymond, you're on WGR. Yes, how you doing? Good morning, guys. Good. Thank you. All right, you know, it's, to, to be honest, I kind of actually prepared myself for actually this morning from, like, probably, like, the last 10 weeks of the Bills playing and just really squeaking by. And ever since Von Miller went down, I kind of prepared myself for it. And I'm kind of, like, I'm not too, too mad at the Buffalo Bills, but I feel like a lot goes down to the defensive culture. When you have players like Ed Oliver, you have to bring the best out of them. Number 57, I, I can't really pronounce his name the correct way, but we, we'd have had him for so long, we'd have invested so much into him. And when we're banged up at DBs, those defensive linemen have to come in. Those guys on that D-line this morning have to really look at themselves and think there were three Bengal offensive linemen out. There's no way Joe Burrow was supposed to be getting off how he's doing. Them defensive linemen should have made it a lot easier for the DBs. And that's really kind of what I have to say. And, and, and to go back to Ken Dorsey and everything, you know, I'm quite sure in the beginning of the season with Crowder getting hurt, probably changed up everything. Our expectations for, for Gabe Davis were so high. You know what I mean? Big shout-out to Isaiah Hodges. But at the same time, I still feel what, what, what Gabe Davis did in the playoffs last year, Isaiah Hodges probably really didn't have a chance with us. So, you know, it, I, I, I honestly really don't know. Like I said, I prepared myself for this morning, actually. You know, we're squeaking by teams. We're, our expectations for, for the offense was just supposed to be so high. You know, you can't expect Josh Allen to do everything. You know, you can't. The, the next best guy is up, and they have to come in and do what they have to do. You look at the 49ers, Brock Purdy, last pick of the draft. There's no excuse. I'm, he's in a great situation, I understand. But for the coaches, you guys have to make it better for the players. You have to. Well, the, we were talking about the Niners in a break. Raymond, thanks. The Niners who had, you know, Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and seemingly 8 million different running backs succeed over the last five years, <laughs> went out and 
said, hey, let's go get Christian McCaffrey. And he made life a hell of a lot easier for Brock Purdy in that offense. Yeah, the, you, you had his numbers. I didn't realize the number of touches he had with San Francisco. 200. Amazing. He didn't start the season with them. Nope. He's got 200 touches. So that's a, a team that looked at their offense and, by the way, has a dominant defense and said, okay, we're, we're not bad. Well, but what can we do to add another element to the offense? Or, no, I mean, the Bills it's, made an in-season trade for Naheem Hines. They did. But let's face it. He was a returner. Right. And the day that the trade deadline happens, like, go back to that moment. We knew they need help. The offense needs help. And that's the key, right? Not necessarily who, but they needed to add help. They needed help, whether it was at receiver or right tackle, whatever you wanted to make it. The offense needed help. We all knew it. The Chiefs went out and got Kadarius Toney, who is not a 200-touch player, but he has contributed to them. And the Niners go out and they get, um, you mentioned McCaffrey. Who did the Eagles trade for? The Eagles made a trade, I think it was on defense, Eagles made a trade. The, the Ravens get Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these teams went out and made moves. And the Bills, you know, that day, Naheem Hines had two kick return touchdowns. Great moment in franchise history. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For the first one and the second one. But the Bills got a special teams running yeah, back. Yeah, see, he didn't make the offense better. They right. made a trade for a guy who didn't make the offense better, and how much in one game, yes, but how much of an impact do you get from a kick return or punt return on a regular basis? He, you made a trade for a guy who didn't make a difference in what you needed to do, and that is help your offense become more consistent. In any way. In any way, right, would have helped the offense. And that's not necessarily on Hines, by the way. Oh, no, it's not on Hines. They just didn't have a role. They it, didn't it, use it. It was just another example of, hey, we think you need something. Did you say running back? No, we're talking about all the other things that might help this roster. Oh, so a running back. Yeah. By the way, you should have mentioned That's, Hines when you were talking about the three assets used on a running back. You should have mentioned Hines in that Four draft too. picks. That's right. If you talk about Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, James Cook, and, I mean, come on. Yeah. They drafted a punter. They drafted a special teams linebacker in the third round. And he's a non-factor this year. Yeah. And it should have been a year where you are – Drafting and getting contributions from rookies. Rookies can come in and contribute. I also think there's this, there's a little bit of a hmm. myth about the Bills that they won't play rookies. I think they'll play rookies. They just need the rookies to be good enough to be played. There's a reason Kyir Elam didn't play for a while. They didn't think he was good enough. Right. As soon as he was good enough, he went in. When they have to play rookies, they will. James Cook, they didn't like his practice habits or whatever it might have been. That seemed to be a... Edmonds played right away. Trey played right yeah. away. Hawkins played right away. If they're good, away. they Christian play. Benford started this season. That's right. Season yeah, the opener against the Rams. That's if, right. if they can yeah. play, they'll play. Yeah. So, you know, going into the draft this year, 
I'm sure people will say, like, oh, are they really going to you know roll out a rookie receiver they draft in the first round? If they pick a good one, they will. Why not? Yeah. If, he, if he's good. Plenty of teams do in this league. George Pickens, Christian Watson, these are guys that played mm-hmm. a lot this year. We're taking calls at 803-0550. We are off next to Amherst. Steve, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. I'm original Bills Mafia since 1960, so my lifeline's getting a little short. The way I see it is your observations with you and all the fans are really good, and I see the need for the receivers to get better, but I also worry about Josh just running around and he can't set his feet and he's throwing on the run. So we also need to think about who we can get on the offensive line and make us stronger. That's all I have to say. You guys are great. Thank you so much. So what what jobs are open on the offensive line? Right Right, guard. Right guard, right tackle. The right guard is not on the roster. Unless they think Ike Botker is coming in and and rescuing them. Bates, you're saying, or you're saying Saffold spot? I'm I'm sorry, Saffold spot. Saffold, the left guard. Saffold's not good. So left guard's available. Left guard and right tackle needs to be better. Okay. You want, I mean, Spencer Brown can be fighting for a job next year, but let's not go under the impression that it's a lock. He's the incumbent. We're good there. So Saffold out, Brown, competition. I think Morse is okay. Dawkins okay. I'm give or take on Bates. You can find somebody to try and compete for that job too, but I think you need two new starting offensive linemen. Which is a refrain we've uttered almost every year. Don't they change two linemen every year? Uh, Feliciano just, out yeah, and Daryl Williams out. Quentin Spain's going right? to go out and well, yeah. there was there was the one year they brought Feliciano and Williams back, but by the midpoint of the year In they the were bench. Both lost yep. their jobs. Right. So there was one change, right? Because Bates, everybody else came back. It was just Saffold, yeah, moving in as the one new starter this year. Yep. So and he wasn't good. So I'd say at least one new starter, but I'd like to see someone try and <laughs> beat out Spencer Brown for the right tackle job. He's too inconsistent. But also, like every time they go to replace one, it's always with. Oh, token one-year veteran contract, guy that's nearing the end of his career. That pro football focus says is one-dimensional and can't can't run block. Right, or they're (laughs) spending a third-round pick on it. And, okay, we'll see if this guy can play. That Again, because they've invested so much in the defensive line, they've not had first- or second-round picks for a receiver or also to spend a first-round pick on offensive linemen because they've been obsessed with the defensive line. I know this isn't how it works, and it's a simplification, but... If, I'm assuming if we're in agreement that wide receiver is the number one priority, what would you say is number two in the draft? Factoring in what we, you know, the offensive line, free agents that might not be resigned, they might need a safety, they might need a linebacker if Edmonds isn't resigned. Factoring, what is like the wide receiver one, and then right tackle, right tackle, right tackle, not interior right? offensive line tackle. I think there's a bigger hole to fill at guard, but I think right tackle is a more priority position. How about that this team, for large stretches of the year, dressed a sixth offensive lineman? Oh, yeah, Bobby, Bobby Hart. Hart. That's right. I'll yeah. look it up. But Bobby Hart played like 100 uh, snaps uh, this year at tight end. Uh, <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks that, for make, I don't want to do that laugh. anymore. I, I haven't laughed all, in okay, about yeah, here we go. So, 17 hours. I don't want to so. do what, I, what? So Bobby Hart played 28 snaps this season on the offensive line, and he played 97 snaps as an eligible receiver. <laughs> I, wow. I'm over that's here. A, that's a lot of snaps. Spending, spending two offseasons screaming about any receiver anybody will listen to. Jamison Williams, whatever it takes. How many snaps did Bobby Hart play at tight end? 97. He's a big target. Maybe he's got good hands. 
Give my train horn, Joe. We're starting the train horn. You're breaking it out today? Today. You got two choices. You get on this receiver train or you get out of the way. This train's not stopping. Uh, that might be trademarked by the guys. Uh, this train's getting a receiver. Ooh, we're getting into a Springsteen song. This train. Let's. Bobby Hart played 97 snaps as an eligible tight end. Stat of the day? Well, it's important, you know. And that's how they found success. Might be a red flag. Well, they needed to Might. run the ball better. It's probably fine. They did run it's the ball better at the, at the end of the sure, season. Not sure, yesterday. right. Yeah, running, they had a good day running against the Bears. They didn't run it well yesterday. I, I, it's probably fine. I don't know football well enough to tell you it was definitely a bad idea, but it just sounds terrible. By the way, he's not an option to, for one of the starting offensive line spots next year. Why, is his contract up? No, I just don't think he's good enough oh. to start. Is he good enough to play tight end? Uh, apparently so. The NFL is going to make him change his number to like 87 because he's more of a receiver now. I mean, they started the year by about the halfway point of the season. We missed Reggie Gilliam. That's yeah. another sign. Like I know. Boy, I really wish they had their Swiss Army knife fullback. Something's wrong with your offense when these are the these are the roster spots. Hey, second and goal at the seven yard line. He was out on the field yesterday with nine. I lines. needed I needed more snaps. I mean, if you're Isaiah Hodgins, you're probably just like, yeah, they they dressed an offensive lineman as a tight end, and then they let me walk and put up numbers in New York. Well, if you're Isaiah Hodgins, you lost your job to what, Jake Kumaro and I don't know who else. <laughs> right. Probably Kumaro, right? Yeah. Am I missing somebody else? Stevenson? How many snaps did Kumaro play this year? He got hurt. Yeah. Well, he and he what was he going to contribute to the offense anyway? All right, let's get a break in, and uh, if you're on hold, hang on. We're going to get to some calls, we hope. We'll get in what we can before we're done. Don't go anywhere. I mean, it's one of those days every, everybody wants to get their opinion in, which is awesome. We're glad to provide your uh, avenue to uh, share your opinions. So if you don't get in with us, l- don't lose your spot. Joe is going to start knocking down some calls at 10 o'clock with the Extra Point Show. That's coming up as well. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's, everything's fine. Are you? It's fine. You say you're fine. It's fine. You don't look fine. You're wearing a winter hat all morning inside. Yeah. All right. Bad hair day? No, they're all bad. All right. We'll get a break and uh, wrap up our show in just a moment. Hey, Sean Payton is going to meet with the Broncos later this week. I've lost track of how many teams he's met with already. And he's meeting with the Panthers today. Met with the Cardinals, right? I'm trying to remember who else he had his interview he, with. I don't know if he's met with them. He actually did an interview where he kind of talked up the idea of the Texans because he'd have f- full control. Like he was open about it. Like I, I would have full control over the hmm. quarterback situation. And he sounded like he liked So Jer- Jeremy said he's going to get like $25 million a year to coach? 20 to 25 is what he's seeking. Wow. That's obscene. I, I get it, though, right? Like, what, I guess, what's the downside of doing that? Well, there is if none. The, I mean, there's no the salary cap. You just, and you print, the NFL prints money. But I just, like, $25 million? Yeah. Is he that good? No, there isn't. It, you, there's no salary cap for coaches. You can spend if, anything you want if you want. But I yeah. just think that's bad and giving up a draft pick or two. I mean, if he can get your quarterback to play a lot better, is that not worth as much as who makes $20 million? Yeah. A, line, a really good yeah. linebacker? A yeah. second receiver? Actually, yeah, your your second or your top receiver makes $20 million a year. All right, well, you want to get in one more call then, sure. boys? All right, we're going to South Carolina. Joe, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm tired. This was an emotional long season, and I think it finally caught up with the Bills yesterday. I I just wanted that 
start of the first, fourth quarter, just get this over with. Yeah, well, the game the game kind of sucked, Joe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, look, it's an incredibly challenging season, and we'll talk about that in the days to come, I'm sure. I've never seen anything like it in terms of all the stuff they went through. Obviously, no other team had gone through what happened with DeMar Hamlin. The injuries, the two snowstorms, a game moving, the blizzard, you know, 40-plus people dying, and there was a lot of stuff that happened to the football team. I'm not going with they were emotionally spent. I mean, well, they had enough emotion to beat Miami the week before. So. We brought it up a little bit they ago. They get their butts kicked. Until they lost the game, it was team of destiny. Right. Now they lost, and now it's and emotionally spent. feeding off the energy. They it's got not their to say butts that, kicked. And it's not to say that's wrong. Right. But, you know, you only say it if they lose. It was a very challenging season. I've never seen anything like it. Joe had a good tweet yesterday. He said, was that the most, was that the least yes. fun yes. four-loss season ever? Yes. I yes, saw that it tweet. Was. I thought it was absolutely a great tweet. The first tweet. half of the season was bananas fun. Just a struggle. And after that, yeah. we all knew. Really. It was just the last two months have been just a struggle to watch. So I, I understand your point. I think there's, I'm sure that there was something to it. But I'm not going to tell you that's why they lost the football game yesterday. They were outplayed on offense. They were outplayed on defense. They were outcoached. They had bad schemes. Cincinnati whooped them, and I don't think it's because they were emotionally wiped out. All right, Joe is on the way. He's not emotionally wiped out. He's ready to go with more of your calls. It is the Extra Point Show next on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.